This podcast is brought to you by our partners at 8 Star Energy. 8 Star Energy, a clean energy company, leading the future of portable and renewable energy. To find out more, follow them on Facebook at 8 Star Energy. I want attacking purpose for football all the time. Now we've got our backs against the wall and we're going to fight and we're going to fight hard. You've got to show me all the guts and all the determination you've got in your body. You've got to inspire me. A marvellous kick. That's as good as you'll ever see. And it puts Graham back in front. I don't know about you guys, but if I see one bloke walking out of here, give the pat on the back from people out there for a good effort, I'll spill up. From inside the centre square, boys kick the goal. Boys kick the goal. From inside the centre. F***. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, Pack. Good on you. Look at you. You are listening to a Bulldogs podcast on the week that the men were knocked out of the finals in heartbreaking circumstances for the second year in a row, and yet you're still downloading it. You're a true fan. If I was in your shoes, I wouldn't be listening to this. I would be I'd be throwing it. The Tanty Pants would be on. I'd just be listening to AFLW podcasts or soccer, cricket, whatever your summer sport is. But you, you hearing this right now, you're a true fan. Welcome to Danny Boyd, podcast about the... Eighth greatest football club in the world. <laughs> That's the football club. I'm Danny McGinley. With me is Tom Boyd. Uh, welcome, Tom. Are you good? Yeah, I think I I think I pick the uh, the most challenging games to fully watch through, Danny. Over and over again, I think the games that I actually sit through the entire affair, watch the television, is the games we end up invariably losing. So, mate, I'm all right. I'm all right. I, uh, See, I okay, like we, you're uh, not. You're not thinking like a fan then, Boydie, because uh, what you do, what what we do, what us normal people do then is we assume we're a curse. Uh, mm. I have a friend of the show, uh, Megan. She will often text me to say, "I'm turning off now because whenever she turns off, we win." So, right. so you, you got to you got to remember, it's all about you. The world's re- the bulldog's fate revolves around you. Mm. What happens when there's like fifty thousand like? curses cancelling each other out who becomes the like ultimate curse bevo <laughs> maybe yeah, bevo could stop actually, watching he's the man who does have the uh, the destiny of the team we actually have a, a former teammate of mine uh, let's get a wonderful man get coming in on board this might be the third time i think it's lynn john how are you mate thanks for having me fellas um i think it's a second maybe but uh it's good to be back obviously a, uh, a pretty devastating loss over the weekend. Um, so I'll see what I can do if I can uh, have an insight or, or cheer the fans up at least. We got you on for our live grand final show last year. Is that that's that's accurate, isn't it? I mean, I can barely remember it due to all the long necks I was downing. But uh, <laughs> so that, that's a third, that sure that's it's not recorded. But you know, yeah, third time on there. Official friend of the show, Jongy. Where, where did you watch the match? <laughs> Uh, I was at home. I uh, I was actually had my own final to play uh, on the Sunday, so just at home, uh, dinner and uh, and a few waters. Um, so uh, <laughs> almost turned it off after the first quarter to get to bed. But uh, yes, wasn't to be. Lynn, what is um what is with all these Sunday finals going on? I was at a, a grand final yesterday. Shout out Tessa Boyd. She won her uh, Vafa Premiership. Yeah. Yesterday, um, was in the best players too, might I add. She catches the ball about as consistently as I used to, about one every three. 
Um, <laughs> but what's with all these Sunday finals, Johnny? I thought Saturdays were, were resigned to uh, to being the local footballers' day of pleasure. I actually don't know, and it's 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 borderline criminal because you know me, and I like to go to church on Sundays, mate. <laughs> Um, so, I mean, they've, they've got to sort something out. It's, it's not right for local footy. Um, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's a weird setup. Even our league, we do a top five and it's bizarre because we play. So, for example, we played against Sam Lloyd in, in our first week of the final and then I'm going to play him again this weekend. Somehow. Who's Lloyd are you playing for? This? So this is, this is actually a league that, that I played juniors in, uh, Jongi. You play for the Montmorency Magpies. Who is Sam Lloyd playing for? Sam Lloyd's playing for Bandura. Ah, those right. pricks. And you, you also <laughs> have a, uh, you have another former Bulldog playing with you, don't you, uh, Jongi? Is Mitch Honeychurch running around with you on the weekends? He is. He is. He, uh, I think you fractured his cheekbone maybe three or four weeks. So he's out for the whole season, um, unfortunately. We yeah, never discuss Mitch. Mitch Honeychurch enough on this show. He did. I remember going to Adelaide Oval and seeing him dominate against Port in 2016. Seemed a, a ripping bloke. Did you guys ever catch on with the nickname Sweet Jesus? <laughs> never heard of that one. Never oh, heard of that one. You guys are terrible. Come on. <laughs> he was. It was so great yelling that out when he got the ball. <laughs> well, I think we called him Ferret, actually. Oh, okay. Fair if you, I, I, can't, yeah, I, I can't remember why, but Mitch, uh, Mitch and I, uh, Danny, we played football together uh, since we were, I don't know, 10 or, 10 or 11. Um, and Mitch was one of those early growth spurters who dominated as a centre-half forward at about the age of 12 and then <laughs> somehow managed to cling on to relevancy as everyone grew around him and became an AFL footballer. So he's a <laughs> cracking player. Um just, uh, just yeah, just like the height in these jeans, I think mainly. Uh, he definitely had a, a had a good run. So, um, when Jongy, we we're all looking for uh, after the the Bulldogs men's side's gone out, we're all looking for um, you know, other sports to grab onto. So, so Monty play Bundy. Uh, where 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 is that this weekend for those who are listening when this is released on the sixth of is, September, twenty twenty two. Preston City Oval, I think it's where mm. the, uh, it's where the Northern Bulldogs play. It's uh, Kramer Street, opposite Preston Market. Yes, yes, yes. So I keep having a park there, and it's yeah, it's um, so. I think it's at two o'clock. If if I guess anyone's not doing yeah. anything better on a Sunday, um, but yeah, the ground's Again. a bit uh, ground's a bit crap at the moment. The middle's all muddy, and uh, but uh, I'm getting yeah, obviously getting used to the uh, the subpar grounds these days. And the is this a prelim? Prelim, yep, yeah. And who who's in the granny? That who will you take on? Uh, so it's Heidelberg in the granny. Um, Heidelberg Tigers. I think so. I actually don't know. <laughs> Do you know what's tragic? The only player I remember from Heidelberg title. Yeah, at least all of these clubs have had players go on to you know hit the AFL. The only person I remember playing for Heidelberg Tigers is Blair from Big Brother. <laughs> who went on to have a you neighbor's sh- career and whatnot. <laughs> right. Yeah. I think that might have been before my time potentially. Joey, what is um what has it been like? Um the transition back to local footy. I mean, I um I d- touched my uh dipped my toe in the water in twenty nineteen at the suburban level and uh it was interesting because I was back at my local club. Um and then obviously I played in the VAP for a little bit last year and I haven't played this year. But what have you found it like? Uh it's a bit of a bit of a shift I found, sort of the quality of the grounds, quality of the players. It's easier in some ways, much harder in others. 
what's sort of your been experience? Um, yeah, it's been uh, it's been very interesting. The uh, huge shock. I've uh, been uh, injured a lot this year again, in and out of this. Hammy, what else? Hurt my knee, did my MCL, uh, illness. Um, but it's been it's been a big it was a big change. I think the first my first game I played, um, we had to warm up. Uh, like next to, like at a school, next to some school portables where you're just like sort of watching everywhere you step in case you roll your ankle. Um, but it's been good, uh, good bunch of, good bunch of blokes. Um, been really, it's, it's actually quite hard. It's, it's really hard. It's a good league, a really good league for, for local footy. Um, but yeah, I've enjoyed it, I think. Um, probably, you know, probably wouldn't go as far to say as, as I'm absolutely loving it. Um, I think that point of footy's, uh, far gone, but, um, it's been really good fun. Um, and then sort of, um, yeah, obviously nice playing on, on, on a good team that wins and, and into finals. It's always nice playing finals footy at any level is always fun. So it's been good. Do you get targeted? Yeah, there's a few, been a few weeks, um, where, um, sort of, Oh, nothing, nothing too sinister or anything like that. But um, just you know, copying a tag here and there. Uh, got one over the weekend, um, which was uh, which is always good fun. Um, but um, I've, yeah, forgotten what it's like to play with play with a tagger on me. So um, I never know what never know what to do when it happens. I just stop playing essentially. <laughs> yeah. I was talking to Leith about it recently, Jogi. I ran into him at the dog park, and he'd just come back from like nine weeks on the sideline or something with that hammy that he had. And he go, I said, hey, "How are you going? You back?" He goes, "I started playing again in the twos on the weekend. Ran out at Werribee Oval." And had a tagger on me, and he said, "I'm not sure this is worth it." <laughs> and that's like I feel like that's like the general sentiment. I remember when I went back for the first time, and it was like, "So there's two blokes playing on me." I'm like, "Why are you here? <laughs> Can't you just leave me alone?" I just I want to kick like three or four, have a decent day. Everyone can sort of play it even. Even Stevens, you can take a few marks, run off, get a couple of kicks. Everyone's happy. Let's just go home at the end of the day. But it's not the way people play footy, unfortunately. <laughs> Jongi, how are you dealing with the commute? Are you still in uh, – you live in the western suburbs. Montmorency is, you know, quite a bit up the northern end of, of town. How, how long does it take you to get to a match? Um, usually the home game is about 45 to, to 50 minutes. Um, <sighs> so it is a bit of a trek, but – but uh, you know, as I said, it's all for the love of the game, mate. Nothing else. Joggy's <laughs> <laughs> still hardwired to use those same like one liners we were trained to for ten years. Yeah, no, that's good because the Montmorency Magpies media manager has been really riding my tail on this. <laughs> one week at a time, mate. One week at a time. <laughs> so, wait, wait, Boyd, do you actually? Listeners will be really excited to find out that Tom Boyd not only watched the entire match of the elimination final, but watched it with the sound up. Yeah, at a pub. At three a pub. out of three criteria. Which pub um, were you yeah. at, mate? Which pub? Where, the, where, where, are the, where are the middle part? Are we talking like the Gun Island? Oh, that doesn't even exist anymore. Um, no, no. no what pub none, of the ones that you, none of the ones that you used to go to exist, Daddy. None of them. <laughs> All been shut um, down no. by the cops. Yeah, exactly. Now we are we, me and uh, one of my groomsmen, Brevin, watched it at the Montague Street Hotel. Um, so we sort of perched up at this, you know, nice high top and, and watched the game. And yeah, it was interesting um, to say the least. We uh, we looked. I, I would say we looked okay in the first quarter, and Frio looked abysmal. 
mm-hmm. um, and then yeah, there was this sort of disconcerting lack of efficiency post quarter time that made it very difficult to watch. Um, and yeah, I mean, like I feel like we got the absolute maximum out of some of our players. Uh, probably the the best story of the day, Danny, is our uh, number one. Oh, okay. Besides Jongy, number one guest of the show, Toby McLean, coming back yes. for his first game in the ones in the final. He looked good. He looked, looked happy. Great. He was having a good time out there, barring the loss, obviously. It was fantastic to see him. Um, how did you see the game, Jongy? What was your uh, – did you actually make it through or did you go to bed nice and early make sure you were sharp for your Sunday semi-final? Well, actually, yeah, I made it through, but then I was in shock, so I couldn't go to sleep after. Um but yeah, just on Toby, what what about his first quarter? Harry? I think he had about 12, 12 touches in the first quarter or something. He, he looked tired after that. Yeah, yeah. I would, <laughs> I would have been like, my job's done now. 12 is enough. Um, Sub me but, out. Yeah, oh, mate. Oh, you summed it up pretty well, sort of. I think, yeah, we <laughs> Frio played as bad as they possibly could have. Um, and then when they had those sort of three goals in a row, um, you could sort of feel like um, the momentum was sort of shifting a fair bit. Um, their midfield, oh, their midfield really got on top. Um, yeah, it was a it was a crazy game. He almost I th- I thought the fans were going to turn on them like soon enough when we were about you know forty points up. Um, but yeah, kudos to them, I guess. Especially after that young fella hit the post at the quarter time siren. Yes, I was yes. like, they're they're, they're going to charge the field. <laughs> These Dockers, have, it's the biggest home and away. It's the biggest game um, in terms of supporter size that the Dockers have ever had at Optus Stadium. I think ever actually in Perth. Yeah, it is the biggest yep. home game. And uh, they t- turn out that garbage to start. <laughs> I thought we were going to see a full melee on the field between the 60,000 Freo supporters and their 22 players, but not to be, not to be. They stuck in there. Danny, what, what did you think, mate? You're the, you're probably the uh, the actual fan fan of yeah. the three of us. Well, I was, yeah, I was, I was surprised. Uh, I was, uh, you know, I was up and about. I thought, okay, cool, we got this. And I just kept thinking about um, phrases you guys said about uh, 2016 away final, silence is golden. We definitely brought the silence. And, uh, yeah, even when Freo got those cup, they got two goals in the second quarter. And I thought, uh, if we get one more here, that's going to break them. This is actually good. Give them a little bit of hope, snuff it out. And then they got their third and it was like, okay, this is annoying. Uh, but because we're all, we're all scarred from the grand final. Like at, at any point we can lose a match from any position. So we just, it always was a, a niggling thought in the back. And then, yeah, I just, we were pathetic in that second half. It was just so Dan- depressingly predictable. Danny, why aren't you a drooling, miserable mess? You were so sad after the grand final. What yeah. I mean, like I know this is not the same, but why are you actually did, for everyone here? Danny's actually kind of sprightly this morning, which is very yeah. surprising after a bulldog's loss. Lose usually comes in here swinging the sort of you know the pessimistic axe, if you will, at me. And today he's actually in a pretty good mood. It's not just Jongy being on the podcast, obviously. Oh, it's a part of it. It's a big fact. Whenever I, I just, there's something about the tone, the 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 timber of, of Jongy's voice just makes me happy. Um, however, no, do you know what it is? Um, I have been accused of this a fair bit over the last couple of days. Going, what? Why aren't you? Why aren't you? You know, ringing Lifeline or whatever. And um, quite simple fact, compared to last year. We're not in lockdown. I can. Right. I'm going to work. Um, you know, I'm seeing friends and uh, 
I've got a bit more balance in my life. Also, uh, I mean, we'll talk about this as well. The women had a brilliant win. The, and I've look, been looking at the women's fixture. I think we're really primed for a deep finals run this year. So I'm quite mm. excited about that. Uh, what also helped is immediately after the um, losing that, I was able to flick over to uh, KO and and I watched uh, my other great love of a different sport, but uh, Celtic thumped Rangers by four goals to nil. And uh, and also I've had a, I've had a good week with uh, some sweet acting gigs coming through. So I'm I'm becoming a balanced human. I know it's wrong. I know this is, <laughs> violates my role within the podcast as the rabid one dimensional one eyed person. So we'll just focus on. I'm just happy about the women. There we go. Let's give that as the answer. <laughs> well, it's a du- double edged sword that Danny because they've staggered the seasons nicely to provide a bit of. Uh, Relief post a poor finish to the men's season with the, uh, the the women on at the moment, but if the women start really poorly, it's just it's just oh. more and more desperation. Well, the good news is we the women play Frio on Friday at five o'clock um, on a Friday, which is just going to be which is actually perfect. I'll pick up the kids from school. I live closer to uh, Princess Park than anywhere else, so we're just going to get on the bus, go there, and I will watch revenge. And even though the women's side had nothing to do with the elimination final. I will be acting as if it was all their fault. <laughs> yeah, makes 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 for a good uh, good bit of sense that to me. Did you guys watch the the women's game by the way, the Port Adelaide one? No, nah. no. It was exactly. It's actually one of the best games of AFLW I've ever seen. For the not from a, a an on on field perspective because it was so staggered with the uh, the broken leg that happened in the second quarter, but the Alberton crowd. Port Adelaide, oh. famously the most feral fans in the SANFL and indeed would be up there for the AFL. Now, it, my issue with AFLW has been the fans are a bit too polite. <laughs> they were not. They were as parochial and, and vicious as you could absolutely hope for. They were giving it to our girls so badly. The umpires were lucky to get out of there alive. It was glorious to watch some true mongrel from the fans, and I cannot wait to go to Alberton next year, and I'm going to probably get into a punch-on. Um, <laughs> I was lucky enough to watch the uh, the girls yesterday, Danny, and that sort of uh, slight mongrel spirit was coming out in the grand final. I think people forget that, yeah, the sort of calm community feel that the AFLW or the VAFA W usually has. Um, Jongy, uh, mongrel... Crowds and fans wouldn't be something that's common in your league by chance, uh, would it? Uh, forgive him, Jongy. He's never heard of the North Heidelberg Bulldogs. That was a that was a sarcastic question. Oh, was it? Okay, sorry. Yeah, <laughs> I know all about the North Side, man. Uh, no, well, but uh, yeah, they're pretty they're pretty pretty rogue and unhinged crowd uh, most of the time. Um, I think some sometimes the Montmorency turn on me as well at times, but. Um, there's been a bit of sledging here and there, um, but uh, yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's pretty bad. <laughs> now, forgive me, Jongy, because I haven't been to Montmorency's ground, I don't believe. But at my local club at Nord, we used to have this sort of like, originally it was just like a sleeper wall hill that sort of perched up over the ground. And on the top of that perch sat the most derogatory and drunk gentleman in the Southern Hemisphere every single Saturday. <laughs> And the essential role that they found, and this was a role that was handed through the generations. They sort of had the senior citizens standing up there bellowing just abuse either at the umpire, the opposition, and if we lost our own players. 
And then they'd have like the next tier of people would stand just below them who'd be like 10 years younger and sort of eager to take over the mantle as the abusive drunk on the hill. Is there a, um, is there a uh, natural perch for the most parochial fans of Montmorency? That actually is precisely that. It's sort of, um, <laughs> it's sort of the ground sort of sits like a sort of a bit of a stadium um, with sort of um, just like a big, a big hill coming in and, um, yeah, obviously people on the cans and stuff, and and um, mate, some of the uh, some of the things that are yelled out um, <laughs> even have me question. I'm like, oh, I don't think you can say that, even if it's a, even if it's against the opposition. <laughs> the thing that always gets me about those blokes, Johnny, is that they think about what they're going to say and they wait for a lapse. They're kind of like Dennis Cometti. Like the famous Dennis Cometti stories is that he used to have all of these one-liners written down for every game and for every team. And then once he said it, he'd cross it out. He'd never say it again. So, for instance, just to shamelessly plug my goal in the last quarter of the 2016 granny, <laughs> the, uh, the stadium <laughs> hold its breath sort of thing, that was something that he wanted to use in the Western Suburbs erupts, right? Then he crossed it out. I feel like these blokes are very Dennis Comedy-esque because they stand up there and they go, I'm going to abuse number 34 from the opposition at some stage today and this is what I'm going to say mm. and I'm just going to wait until the crowd dies down. <laughs> so to your point, the fact that they say things that are like really inappropriate, it means they've thought about it for long periods of time and they <laughs> still say it at the top of their lungs. I like the comparison with Dennis Comedy as well. And <laughs> Can you imagine him standing up on the hill? Just... <laughs> <laughs> Actually, what I want to see is Dennis Cometti going full R-rated. <laughs> oh, yeah, he's retired now. We get him up on the hill and we do get him to do his sort of R-rated commentary of AFL games. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, that cork wouldn't be in the ocean. It'd be in a different orifice. <laughs> do they... with, with like so how actually that's not an angle I want to go for I've I've played at um, Montmorency Magpies not only as a as as a junior but um as a comedian and uh, to give an idea of uh, how I don't know if this bloke's they had a they had a water boy there that they all loved so they all got around him and at the start of the night they approached the the comics and they said do you mind if our water boy gets up and tells tells his joke He's got a joke that he always tells and, and the crowd love it. And he's just, it's just, it'll take 30 seconds. And we're like, yeah, yeah, fine. That's, that's all good before the show. And, and his joke was indeed just dropping his dax and showing his bits. Mm. But it did get a standing ovation. <laughs> I love how you said that he, this is his joke. He does it all the time. That's what they told us. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the joys. The joys. Is he still around, um, Jongi? That was about 20 years ago. But... Uh, I don't think I reckon I would have remembered a a water boy that drops his ducks. <laughs> Doesn't sound like what Montmorency I'm... at all, though. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. It, it, not in terms of that specific story, John. But what do you reckon's been the biggest thing that stood out to you as being really different? I mean, the obvious ones are the ground and the competition and the sort of level of chivalry, I suppose, that is expected of people at the local level. What's the thing that stood out to you most, whether it's on the field or off the field since moving back? Uh, this year, first season? First season, yep. yep. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I guess, oh, I don't know. Besides the, uh, the the sort of, as you said, the normal stuff, the grounds, etc. I reckon it's, it's honestly how much people love playing footy. Like, it's, it's actually quite refreshing. Um, you know these blokes obviously um, not not on the same money, but they're going to every training. Uh, they do recoveries on Sundays. Um, 
and just how passionate they are about it. Um, which you know, as you as we both know, once you know when you're in the system, you can get caught up in in, in all the uh, in all the fame and and you know everything that comes with footy and uh, but. Um, it's just like, yeah, I don't know. It's always nice to see like people, um, how much they properly enjoy playing and wanting, wanting to play for their, for their local team. Um, you know, I've only been there for a year and, and whatnot. Um, but it's really nice to see how much it still means to people at, at local league level. And how, yeah. what's the, uh, what's the, 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 you hear jokes about, you know, people having, you know, you crack a tinny at three quarter time. Uh, and you know, the, the, I know that in that Northern League, yeah, there is fierce rivalries. What is the post-match uh, reconciliation? I guess do you all go and and have a have a have a Pepsi uh, in the rooms afterwards and and chat to the opposition, or is it? Uh, do you keep it all separate due to COVID at the moment? Uh, no, it's all like yeah, beers straight after the game into the um, into sort of the function room. Um, opposite, opposition players will be there, and um, yeah, it's. it's yeah, it's really nice. Like you just, you know, win, loss, draw, just crack open a beer after the game. Um, never did that at AFL level. To, do you chat to the opposition? Fa- like you know, these often they've, these people have spent two hours punching you in the head. Um, how easy is it for both of you? Because I, I never got to that level. How easy is it for you to for- forgive and forget that someone's just hurt you for two hours, and then you have a, a pleasant chat about you know the weather afterwards. I guess yeah. For me, I'm like personally, I I don't mind it. Like once the siren goes, um, you know, I'm happy to do whatever on the field. And then once the siren goes, it's like that's it. The game's done. Like um, I can sort of just switch off um, and and not worry. And, and and more than happy to have a beer after with with whoever was uh, was bashing me up. <laughs> no, I don't feel the same. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, well. It, 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 it depends, right? Like, if you've got a defender on you, Misley, and wants to bump, and that's fine. But if there's a bloke out there who spent three quarters punching you in the back, then, yeah, there's not a lot of love lost between me and those people. <laughs> but to your question, Daddy, I actually, when, when you started describing, like, obviously that doesn't happen at AFL level. But, you know, Jongi, it actually would be probably really good for everyone if we could have, maybe, well, we wouldn't let us have a beer post-game altogether, but if you could have a, you know, a sparkling water or an a, for Mitch Wallace, a cordial or a cup of custard or whatever he likes to drink. Um, if we could have one of them with the opposition team, I feel like players, AFL players as a whole, would be far more likely to get along. And, uh, you know, if we ever wanted to, you know, do something like negotiate a CBA, maybe we'd actually find some common ground and everyone would be able to sort of, you know, solidify together. What do you reckon? Do you reckon we could actually facilitate that? I don't think I've ever seen any opposition players ever postgame. I reckon that they should have something like that. Um, scrap the ice bars; they're they're a myth. Now, I don't. Even, I can't imagine many clubs are doing them these days. Anyway, um, oh, they they are jogging. Don't worry. <laughs> it's, um, it's just for the mental anguish that it causes. Yeah, true, true. Not a bad call though. I reckon. Um, yeah, I can't imagine Bevo or someone like that would be too keen on it though. What, so what, what's the issue? <laughs> what, what would be the issue? The fact that you then create friendships and you're not going to tackle as hard, or or is it the the fact that you know you'd want to be? Surely this is a great opportunity for Carlton Zero. You know, if you don't want to have a an al- you know you don't want an alcoholic beverage, but you know a cold one that uh, is not going to uh, affect you at all. Surely that that should be it. The Carlton Zero post match on the field. Someone just comes out with a slab of zeros. You all have one, and you have to chat to your direct opponent whilst you drink it. 
I don't mind it. I mean, I think, Danny, this this is a massive trade secret. Footy is just a game. What? <laughs> Shut up. Get off my so, podcast. This is the last episode. <laughs> the coaches wouldn't have you know that because, you know, they want the players going out there with the thought that they're running into literal war. But, um, yeah, it's just a game. I, I think, you know, I like for me, I would never have an issue. I actually probably would go harder if I was friends with my opponent, if I'm being totally <laughs> honest. Because <laughs> it'd be fun to be able to go after the game and have a Carlton Zero and just be like, geez, man, I absolutely put you on your ass in that second quarter. What happened? You know, that's the best. <laughs> but if I'm just like knocking some bloke over and then never seeing him again, it's not quite as fun. So I think we should uh, we should bring this in, Danny. Have All a right. Gatorade. Have a water. Oh, just yeah. go and talk to each other. You're just people. I guarantee you, a Carlton Zero doused over the um, doused over the the you know you know the Gator the Powerade uh, shower. <laughs> yeah, you know that. Uh, you guys have told me how much that stings, but surely a Carlton Zero is not as bad. It's a bit more natural ingredients. <laughs> Well, the Gatorade hits first, and that stings. And then the milk hits second. That the protein milk that they give you to, to oh, drink right. after a game, and then it's disgusting. But at least it soothes the skin. <laughs> <laughs> so, what, what, boys? Let's uh, let's go a bit of analysis onto the you know the, what what'll happen in the men's off season here i've seen some uh, read some pieces about you know how we've we've got the most talented list the club has probably ever had yet we're so defensively you know hang on a minute suspect. number 46 what? and number 17 no longer play for the footy club so how can they be the most talented <laughs> <laughs> Oh God! You're right. No, no. Josh Bruce did have an off year, and I don't think anyone's taken 46 yet. Uh, Joggy, do you, have you? I, do you I keep an eye? Shot. I can't imagine taken. Taken's a strong word. I think forced upon <laughs> is more. Is more we are. Mate, someone's more likely to take take a hundred than they are take 46. It's <laughs> <laughs> a good way to just make sure your 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 numbers retired. Uh, Jongi. Well, exactly. if you peer over Jongi's, uh, Jongi's presumably his right shoulder, that, that would be his life membership there, Danny. And I think with it, they retired the number 46. <laughs> so. <laughs> but still, so what like, was your question? So the question is, up? yeah, what, 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 what would you, if you were uh, place, you were now director of football, both of you, for, uh, you know, for, for the next few months, what changes or, or you know, Slight adaptations would you make to the men's side to make it? Preseason starts end of Feb. Um. (laughs) (laughs) Beers after the game, Carlton Zero straight away. (laughs) Yeah. Jongy, what do you think, mate? I I probably talk on this podcast too much about what's happening in the team. Um, It'll be interesting. Um, But, yeah, you're right. I think... It's 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 a strange one to put your finger on. Sort of uh, the list didn't really change from last year, um, and to sort of um, have the sort of season we had was was I'm sure it was disappointing for for all the fans. Um, I think sort of going forward, it looks like you know we're getting Liam Jones, which will help the back line out a fair bit. Um, you played then, with Liam, didn't you, Johnny? Yeah, yeah, I did for a couple of years before he went to Carlton. Um, before he before he became a stalwart backman, yeah, back when he was incredible. He was <laughs> as a forward at the Dogs. He was you know struggled a fair bit. Um, you know, probably would have. Did you play in that grand final, Johnny, in the VFL in like 2014, 15? Yeah, yeah. So I remember Liam uh, Liam kicked four or five in that game. 
And yeah. I remember him so vividly getting asked after the game by a reporter going, so, you know, does this give you great confidence to bring this into the AFL level? And he's like, uh, yeah, I think so. And then like, he didn't play. I think he played next year. And then he went back the year after that. So I don't know if it helped that much. But, he, uh, mate, he's been a, he was a fantastic player for a few years with Carlton. He did a, did a bang-up job. Yeah, he, he did uh, brilliantly. Even for us, I mean, look, it's, it's very well documented. He is the greatest red-headed Indigenous player of all time. <laughs> He was, um, it was amazing. Like, he was, I think, very borderline going to get delisted at Carlton, and they just moved him to the back line. He's just a superstar down there. So, hopefully, he solidifies that a bit, our back line a bit more next year. Fascinating move, isn't it? Coming back to the club that, you know, you probably didn't mm. have a great time at mm. and uh, was challenged at different stages and, you know, potentially uh, didn't, didn't have the fondest memories of it. And to come back sort of full circus, pretty crazy. Mm. Yeah. And everyone's talking about, you know, the Rory Lobb deal that seems to be locked in. A lot of people are saying we don't need him. Like Cameron Ling said on Channel 7 that he'd be pulling out of that deal because it's just so uh, unnecessary to the list. Now, a phrase that I say a lot, I've not, I hope I've said it a lot on this podcast, I know enough about football to know I know nothing about football. Surely bringing in a, a player like that isn't that dumb an idea? Uh, Lynn? Yeah, it's an interesting one um, to sort of think about where he fits with, um, you know, all our tours. We've got Naughty, Sam Darcy, Jamara, Brucey, who, you know, obviously was coming off a knee, so it was always going to be really hard to get back into into the team and stuff um, to sort of see where he fits. But that being said, we do need a backup ruck. We need to help Chile out. Um, so... How that looks, I'm not sure whether you move Naughty down back to be all Australian centre half back. Um, but yeah, I, I mean he's he's a he's a pretty bloody good player. So um, if they wanted to come to your club, you, yeah, you can't really deny that. And we do mm. anyone who's even if this is the first episode you've ever listened to of uh, Danny Boyd, with things we've learned about Tom Boyd is you know he does hold a grudge if you tag him too hard and. Uh, <laughs> Has Rory Lobb ever, ever, you know, tagged you? Oh, yeah, the 2016 prelim. He didn't tag me. Well, he, you, uh, defended he came you. in when I was tired and used the extra seven centimetres and about of height and 12 centimetres of arm, arm length to make my day slightly more miserable than it was already going. <laughs> um, I actually, I actually played with Rory at the Giants in 2014. He was, um, that was his first season. So he got drafted as a 21 year old out of the, uh, the waffle, I think, presumably. Um, I think, yeah, I'm not sure. I think it's an interesting one. I, I I get the sentiment that we need a backup ruck. I think that's an important one. And I think it really comes down to, you know, are we stopgapping the next couple of years or are we looking to the future? And maybe the Liam Jones thing is really about giving Sam some more time to develop, get stronger, and potentially he's our backman that we look forward to the future. Yeah, I don't think you can ever move Naughty back because – we just can't lose the production. Like, he's just so productive as a forward and as good as he is as a backman. I mean, Jong and I remember, I'm sure, very vividly, after him basically not running at all for the first three months of preseasons, coming out there and absolutely dominating a match sim. So, I, I'm, look, Naughty will be amazing wherever you put him on the ground. It's just a case of if you can replace him as a forward. And I think, Brucey, to your point, Jong, not only did he have a knee injury, he had a knee injury in the last round of last year, which yeah. is a terrible time to have it because you lose your preseason, you lose your sort of in-season fitness. And I, I would say that it's they, they would be quietly um, wrapped that he got through the year 
um, and they'd be looking forward to him being really, really fit. So maybe we can find some more production out of him. Jamara takes the next step. But then I just suppose, like, where does where does Rory fit into that whole equation? Um, because is Sam our backup ruck? Does he play back and then come in and, and sort of pinch it for 20% of the game with the idea that Timmy plays, you know, obviously 80 85% ruck time? I don't know. I don't know. I, I just think it's an interesting one where Rory's probably found himself, at least from what I've seen over the last couple of years, as more of a forward than a dominant ruckman. Um, and yeah, does that destabilise, you know, potentially Jamara's development or you know, Sam's development if they want to play him forward and so on and so forth? So having too many tools is never a bad thing, but it can hamper, yeah, your sort of, you know, prestigious talents that you've got within the building. It does make sense. I mean, you know, famous, we talk about uh, how coaches, especially ones of a certain height, don't really respect the tall guys enough uh, on this pod. Uh, actually, something I I can't believe we've not talked about yet, how much was Libba not being there a factor? Because, I mean, yeah. he's, he's, he's the sort of player that if he wasn't the son of a legend and he wasn't already at the club, I can't see Bevo drafting him. He's he's not the sort of player that you know. He's not a nice boy, which is what Bevo seems to like. Uh, you know, he's, he's our he's our mongrel. He'll 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 go in there and fly the flag. He'll uh, you know he's, he he does amazing things. We need more players like him. What? How much would we have won by if he was playing? I feel like after the first quarter, it was <laughs> we were all good, but um, uh, obviously, yeah, huge huge out after. Um, after what we saw, um, especially sort of around the center bounce where he does his where he does his best work, um, would he have been the difference? He probably said so, but um, <laughs> it's a tough one. Like you don't want to take away from Freo too much, but uh, at the same time, we, it would have been really handy. Obviously, you know our strength is having those like you know six mids just rolling through there. Um, we're all stars, um, but he, oh, I think you know obviously he. He's a big point of difference to those other midfielders. Um, so, would we have won? I don't know. Yes, I actually don't <laughs> think. Uh, I don't think uh, uh, Bevo values nice boys over everything. I think Bevo values production, and I think Liver's production over the last couple of years has been just phenomenal. And to Jongi's point, I think the thing that you can, the mistake you can make when you look at the dogs' midfielders, you say everyone's just locked into the same basket. We've got six top tier midfielders. But, you know, Bailey's proposition as a player is vastly different to Bonds, who can kind of do a bit of everything, but maybe doesn't have the pace that Bailey does. Trelaw is sort of playing that pinch hitting inside half forward, which again is vastly different to, say, Dunks, who's all about, you know, grunt and inside capability. But then Dunks doesn't have the ability to flick a handball like uh, Libba does. And the other thing, Johnny, which I'll ask you about, is one of the greatest things that Libba has as opposed to. Um, just his you know, on-field production as a footballer in the stats column is just he's so destabilising to other teams because if Libba starts annoying you, what are you going to say to him? Like, he, I, I don't know if you remember, uh, Jongi, in that grand final in 2016 or even in the prelims or, or whenever Libba's at his best, like, he gets his back up and he starts targeting the opposition's number one uh, midfielder, generally speaking. And they turn around to have a go at him and they just see the crazy eyes. And they're like, <laughs> especially when he had that big, like, perm job that he had throughout when he's let his hair grow out of it. What do you reckon um, in terms of that side of things, Johnny? I mean, I, you've played a lot of probably midfield with Liver more than I've played midfield, I'd say. 
but did you enjoy that part of his game being on the field with him? Yeah, I do, uh, everyone, I think everyone on the team does, especially. Um, he he like that that point of difference, you know. Obviously, um, I think you know with our with the Bulldogs in general, they're pretty like you know you don't you're not going to have Jack McRae running around, you know, getting into blokes and and things like that. Um, <laughs> Um, so he he does provide that sort of difference, and, and it's like yeah, you do look at him, you, he's unfazable, and it's like he would have heard everything under the sun um, coming out coming his way. So there's not there's not too many more things you can say about how how crazy he is. Um, but but he does like yeah, he for, for a team that sort of you know, um, I guess not really that side of him. They don't have that side where they you know. Sort of bashing and crashing and, and getting under the opposition's skin, he he does provide that. Is there any players that we could get who could provide that as well? Because Livers, you know, he's he's thirty now. Uh, I'm worried that if he when he retires in about six years, um, we won't have a, a another player who can get under their skin. Westy, was Westy that is he? Uh, oh, that's fantastic. Liv is, Liv is a unique character, but yeah. Westy's. Just as combative, so oh, maybe right. he'll uh, he'll be our little uh, and and look. He also like I've seen from what I've seen of him, um, particularly as he started playing more senior footy. He's got the inside grunt. He's got the you know just desperation to get the footy. He's got quite a good set of um, you know particularly his hands are quite good. Now Liver again, unique player, but um, yeah, maybe we can find sort of eighty percent of his <laughs> interesting mindset on life. Um, out of Westie just to, to upset the opposition. <laughs> Do either of you boys know what is now that the players are on their summer holidays, what what are the COVID regulations? I mean, I don't know if we actually said this on air, Boydie, but I think we can mention it now. Like the, the players pretty much had a blanket ban from public appearances. Like they were they were advised not to go to pubs and cafes and stuff just for COVID safety. Are they allowed now? And I'm sure you can tell where this is going. When can we can we get any current players on the pod yet? Well, I think it didn't. Isn't it? I don't know. The dumbest thing I've ever seen is that all of these. Um pundits complaining about the Essendon boys going over to Spain or Europe somewhere when they have a wedding over there and you're like I think isn't that why they're all going I I thought it was I'm pretty sure it's a teammate's wedding so anyway so everyone's complaining oh they planned an off-season trip it's like mate they lost like what do you want them to do sit there and just stare at the screen and just re-watch the like every game they lost for the year for the next four months (laughs) but commentators of the game I just yeah. Oh God, they do my head in. Just let the boys go off, rest up. Because if they if they don't rest up and they play terrible next year, you're going to criticise them for that anyway. So yeah. how about we let them go overseas? They haven't been away for a couple of years. They've got some time off. It's a big preseason. They'll all be back. They'll all be judged just as harshly next year. Let them have their off season. <laughs> <laughs> so, but answer the question: Can we get anyone on the pod? Can we get? Uh... Uh... Any I think most of the boys are looking to have extended hiatuses overseas, but I'll I'll work some magic. Alright, um, get some people zooming in from around the country, perhaps. Or we just get Jongy on every week. Well, yeah, <laughs> I, I've I've seen Jongy's rates. Why don't I weaken afford him? <laughs> so, so Jongy, do you have anything to? Rates. Do you have anything to plug? Are you, you know, is anyone hitting you up to write a book, or uh, is uh, you know any who are you working for? What are you got to? Book writing for me, I'm definitely yeah. not that uh, not that switched on or smart enough. Um, 
I'm working Doesn't out. stop a lot of people, mate. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> I'm working for uh, Beyond Blue now, though. So it's uh, it's been oh, good. it's been so good, mate. I, I love not I, I love not playing footy more than I ever loved playing footy. I think it's safe to say, um, <laughs> if that makes sense. Um, so I just, uh, mate, I love the work life balance. I love that I can close my laptop and and leave leave work at work and and that's it. And then just go off and and do my own thing and. Have a midweek beer and and um, yeah, it's uh, it's been really good, mate. Sweet. Well, I hope everyone gets down to Kramer Street Oval this Sunday. And if you didn't, just go Google the results and see how well Jongy played. <laughs> Boydie's book, Nowhere to Hide, is uh, it's out everywhere, isn't it? You get it, Kmart, Big W, Angus and Robertson's, uh, uh, Booktopia. I will, you know, throw it at people in the street as I walk past them if I have to. Are you on Audible yet, Boydy? Oh, Johnny, just pick up a book and read it, would Mate, you? I'm, you know? I'm, all about, I'm all about Audible. So, Actually, so am I. I haven't gone to that bit yet. I think it's coming up. I don't know. Johnny, See, you do you. have such a great voice. You should do audio books. I would love to hear Boydy's book read by Johnny. Great. You should do like voiceover stuff. Let's get you an agent. All right, I'm here like, we are. I might, I might get into that. <laughs> uh, to plug something of mine, uh, the you know, for you highfalutin types, I'm doing a Shakespeare play in October at uh, at Gasworks. Check out my socials for all the details of that and a few are you other. Gasworks Park. Uh, yeah, sure. I think so. Yep. In Albert Park. Yeah, yeah, that one. <laughs> You're gonna come I'm gonna watch walk mate? down with my dog and watch the. Watch the show. Yeah, sweet. Bring the dog in. <laughs> Buy it a ticket. That's fine. I will. <laughs> Actually, there is a cat in the play, so Nala might go nuts. But yes, uh... <laughs> not a massive fan of cats, my dog. <laughs> That'll work. Well, uh, don't forget. Uh, the, you know, the, the men's season's over, but the women are absolutely up and about. And oh, also, um, a special shout out to one of our listeners. Uh, who just goes with the nickname Raw Toast, but came up with the best nickname because we'll talk about this next week. I think we're getting uh, uh, Nell Morris-Dalton on. We're going to... Gabby Newton is now called... After we lost Bonnie Too Good, we're calling her Gabby Even Better. (laughs) Lock that in. All right, good night. Thanks, Joggy. Thanks, Pointy. Thanks, Abby. Today's episode was proudly brought to you by 8-Star Energy, creating energy for the future and power you can count on. Follow them on Facebook, 8-Star Energy. I give my childhood to that role Of the red, white and blue sea And the knowledge that you had to love The bulldog boys and me Twenty years on, I feel that longing Hanging in September air The reason I go every week Is to pretend you're still there And they will find the glory one day And I will throw it at your feet It's a long, long road they're running for you The dogs of Footscray Streets Long, long road they're running for you The dogs of Footscray Streets